Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the During Business Hours podcast. My name is Christopher. And I'm Eric. Uh, today is hump day. Hump day. Hey, Jeffrey. Eric, what day is it? Jeffrey, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Hump day. Uh, today, we're just chilling. Um, going through, talking about some business trends and things like that. So, uh, the insights and predictions are hilarious on some of these sites. I was listening uh, to a site recap last night, and I found that quite a few of these tend to use a lot of buzzwords or promotional words to make things pop. Q2, Q1, uh, analytics, post insights, our control groups have found that this is the most entertaining for you. Subscribe now for more. The insights of Q1 and Q2 lead to the greater synergy and greater profitability of Q3 and Q4. For returns on your, what is it, uh, for returns on your principal investment amount, anyone signed up under you will gain 20%. That's a a Ponzi scheme. It's like with an asterisk next to that 20%. Yeah. So apparently, uh, on-demand economy shift, what do you think is the number one on-demand thing right now as far as like service or goods or both both um i mean is it the uh graphics card playstation 5 no what do you order the most do we order the most yeah not us but just in general general, everyone the most um everybody's ordering everything right now people are ordering a lot more food yep food groceries stuff like that Mm. Um, but there's not like one app that does all of that. You have like, this has 70%. This one's got 85%. Well, yeah, you got like 15 different apps that fight each other. You Mm -hmm. should have, I don't know why one person can't have a monopoly on all of it. And then just a monopoly, but access. Yes. A monopoly, a a monopoly. Because monopolies are illegal. Okay. (laughs) Now you have Uber, Uber eats, Uh and then you got, Postmates and Postmates is slow as shit. They are like the camel the of the worst. industry. Uh, you got Grubhub, uh, DoorDash, most second most expensive. Yeah, all of these people doing all that shit, but you can't have like just one person be like, "Hey, I made an app so anyone can gr- deliver groceries." I, I saw someone did it in the UK last year and made money. Um, and I was thinking, I was like. Well, why can't you just integrate all four apps? Turns out you can, and freaking Google is blocking them. There's an app that essentially integrated all four so drivers can use simultaneous app delivery services, and they're being cucked. And I thought that was innovation that's being stepped out by the the boot of Google. Paying Google to do it. Because there's no money in it for it staying separate. I feel like there's more more users, more happiness, more downloads that would be done from the coming together. So someone's throwing some cash out there. Yeah. You got businesses like uh, the contact payment options or contactless payment options. And they're emphasizing the contactless because of COVID. But people still use their card the same way. All you don't have to do is sign for shit now. No, yeah. pin, no pin on certain transactions, and that makes certain people feel safe, like they're not touching the same beep boop beep that everyone's touching. Even though you can use a stylus, you can use a pen, you can use anything to cl- 
click those four buttons. It's always been buttons. funny to me that contactless payment still requires you to touch your card to the reader, though. So you're still. No, no you just hover. Most yeah. people I see got to hit the dang thing. Yeah, if you have the tap, the older NFC, but because it would require physical contact NFC to NFC. But nowadays it's more like near field where it doesn't actually have to. Um, you can just hover the phone near to wirelessly charge. And that, that's been booming. But then you got the e-commerce is super high for the social commerce growth or e-commerce growth. Like Gen Z is 55% of fashion purchases and social media. Now, millennials, another 50%. Gen X is 38% and baby boomers are 27%. I don't know how baby boomers are buying fashion on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. Why are they on the list? They're buying it for their kids. Grandbabies, maybe. Yeah. But I, I only ever see baby Look boomers in a burka and a freaking turtleneck, you know? They're always cold. Like, you can buy those from China, too. Hot fashion yeah. delivered to your door. Well, China has its own stuff going on right now with the $305 billion scam that's going on. You hear about that? So there's a, a company that builds housing. And since COVID-19, there was restrictions on lending and borrowing money. So they had their own employees after owning a trillion dollars in real estate. They started having their own employees take out loans so that they could borrow money to have capital to buy homes and build and sell. I can't remember the name of the company at the moment, but uh, let me go search it like this okay so evan grandes or evan grands lenders way up to 300 billion in loans uh, loan losses rolling over credits here's sources then you got one of china's evan grade groups 3333.hk main lenders has provided uh, provisions for losses on a portion of its loans in the embedded property developer. While some creditors are planning to give more time to repay, four banks execute told routers. routers. Uh, the Chinese bank's measures report for the first time show how financial institutions in the world's second largest economy are bracing for a possible collapse of Evangrade. The developer epitomized China's freewheeling era, freewheeling era of borrowing and building with nearly 305 in liabilities across loans, bonds, so-called trusts, products, and money owed to contractors, suppliers, and among them. Not to mention their own employees or have taken out millions of dollars in loans. Personal on, loans. Personal loans for that company. They were conned into it. A lot of people are demanding their own money back. And they're, as you see right here at the Evangrade Center, demanding their money, trying to knock down the building. And uh, it's crazy where this money has been, like, shifted, moved to. They're not broke, but they're just not making as much capital to repay their debts. Mm -hmm. So they have, like, four days, and they can't make all that money. If you borrowed too much money, and you're borrowing more than your income, like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what you do. That's being underwater, right? Yeah. That's considered underwater. Like the only money I've ever borrowed was the uh, the paycheck protection. Underwater is going to be at the point that you've missed the first payment and you start getting your interests, and then there's no way you can make that. Because we, we got what red. like twenty seven grand for the pay, uh, payroll protection, which was mm -hmm. highly under what we were at at the time, 
and then the company that gave us the payroll protection is now under. So there's no one to get the forgiveness from. So I'm waiting on the SBA to contact us. Yeah. Probably should contact them, but still. It's just one of those things where uh, it's a one-page forgiveness. We set up a secondary account, did everything through it. It ran out in like a month. And it was quite hilarious. The uh, the Evangrade thing scares the shit out of me because China being one of the biggest economies, $305 billion is 2% of their global GDP. So that means... A 2% shift in what their their income or their debt and losses, if you just poof gone, that means cost of goods is going up, cost of value in homes is going down, and the repercussions trickle down to the U.S. It goes and hits everything that affects that, and that's going to be multinational. The only thing I want is the housing market in the U.S. to crash again. Oh, it's getting I want to buy a house, and y'all are fucking with me. Just telling you right now. I was there in the 2008 crisis. My mother was in... Uh, mortgage homes capital finance it was uh it was a hard time for her i went to the military but still so uh, <laughs> i just want to buy a home and y'all are buying shit sight unseen give a man a break the uh the banks that are trying to collect on Evangrade is they're 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 not going to get anything. I think these guys have locked up whatever money they do have, and they are on the run from President Xi and his goon squads. But uh, it it's crazy, the amount of people that are trying to come after these guys. I, I just thought it was so crazy. But you're seeing that uh, after 2020, our industry is one of the the top five trends now. It's uh, the resale, sustainability, uh, dis- disrupting Apple on a buy sell trade. You know, trade in markets. It's it's blowing up. You got a lot of uh, startups and guys who are working through, <clears throat> like the Starbucks guys, the guys doing it out oh. of their high schools. They were doing it through their Zoom classes. You got people that are advertising strictly on TikTok that are getting two, 300,000 followers. Then they flip the account, sell it for 15, 20 grand. And I know one person that keeps selling those accounts. And the people who get the accounts are a little frustrated because then you, you don't know how to manage a, um, a larger page. A larger page, and they're not posting three to four times a day, so they're not getting as much content or eyes to their page. Like, we've had a couple of videos that have gone 50 to 100,000 views, and we only have like 10 videos, but we're not maintaining it four to five a day. I don't got that type of energy to do three different businesses, two of my own children, my wife, and TikTok. Yeah. Like, I got energy for this podcast, some video editing, a little bit of streaming, two children, sometimes my wife, and work. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. <laughs> we get a date night every other week. I stepped that up to every week. We did. We used to have every week. And then grandparents got a full up of having the kids every single week. So, can't abandon your kids every week. Just... Keep that in mind if you got kids. Then they're gonna expect you to not be around as much. I like my kids being self-sufficient on their own. You know, my son is getting a little more clingy to me. He was when he was younger. It was dad, 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 dad. 
but uh, he broke off of it for a while and now he's back on the only wants to be on dad when he wakes up only wants to be on dad when he goes to sleep daddy doesn't get no sleep Ooh, cpr is temporarily closed now what they do i don't know i was uh i was just looking at Google real quick and saw CPR is temporarily closed. You got us here at the top. Our ad is showing. Uh, yeah, we got a 4.1 on Google. We've we've had some hate, but and a bandwagon of it. It happens. And then you got Alika's eye part. Shout out to them. They're good shit. Um, and then we got third again. But you break I fix is 4.2. I know the new owner of You Break I Fix. They are a decent, decent management squad over there. Um, older guys didn't know what they were doing. You know, we had helped out a couple of times. I'm not sure who Elite Phone Repair. I know First Response. Great guys, struggling at times. iPhone Technicians is just a fake page that gets a lot of fake reviews. But uh, why are they closed? Let's see. Oh, they got a lot of people who haven't. Oh, they moved. And their stuff is missing. Ooh. Placed my phone for repairs back in March before the pandemic. Have driven over a few times. The business appears to have moved out. Several calls to corporate. No resolve yet. Don't want to file a class action lawsuit against them, but I'm becoming increasingly frustrated with the lack of professionalism. No response uh, and non-responsiveness for this business and their parent corporation. The periodic public announcements are being updated, but it still shows it's temporary closed. I have such valuable information on my phones that cannot be replaced. What's going on? It would really help if you gave a definite response to permanently closed or was... Or whether they intend to reopen and return any personal items. I'm going to like that one. And then this one says, went to have my PS3 and iPad Air fixed July 2020. Said they could give us a call when it's done. Uh, where where can I get my items back? When are they going to have mine and everyone else's items? They should call everyone and tell them they were going to close down so we can get our items back. At least get them shipped to another CPR cell phone repair store nearby. So sad. Where's the good customer service when you need it? That is... A lot of people have devices there since March, it looks like. Of 2020? Yeah. So they shut down right before the pandemic? Look. This lady even, uh, her reviews from a year ago, and they had uh, they'd closed nine months before that, so that's like right when the pandemic started. This one's seven months ago. They said they fixed my son's PS4, not the case, took it back a second time when they were, uh, and well, they closed down. They didn't try to contact us, let us know, and now we are out the money for the PS4 and all the games on top of what we paid to have it fixed in the first place. Not cool. Don't know if this exists. Update. Very helpful. Understood my problem. See, you can always win back a customer. Uh, brought my grandfather's iPad to replace the screens. Sorry, I'm liking every bad one. Whoops, I didn't mean to do it. I thought it was the more button. So, uh, at least nine months, my granddaughter and all her family photos, special things that she no longer has, very upsetting. The pandemic started 
and nobody answers the phone. I went by the Rancho Cordova location, and they were remodeling. The phone number in the day is constantly busy. The positive review shown must be very old. What do we do now? I think we'll drive by again to see if stores open to business. Looks like it's still open to help. The problem I have with reviews, you see any of these that are one review? This right here, nobody makes a Google account to only make one review. This Google account, in my opinion, is fake. Because once you make one Google review, one, your phone doesn't shut the fuck up. It will constantly ask you, how was this place? How was that place? And it is so convenient just to click a star. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to leave any information. You just click a star. So to have somebody after seven months ignore this constant pop-up on their phone is impossible. I'm telling you because I, I know what it's like to want to put a shit ton of fake reviews on your page, especially when... We had a, a competition down the road that was there for three months, ended up shooting, uh, shutting down. But they had over 600 reviews, all five stars. Looked real, looked authentic. But it turns out you can pay for that on Fiverr. You get packages of 100, 200, 300 constant reviews, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, etc. Now, I know there's customers that don't have Google, and when they come to us, they put the their Google in, they'll give a review, but I know that they continually update that. Now, we've had our own fair share of shit reviews, but uh, if you come at us and you you ask, hey, I've had a, a very hard time with if one of my guys is on off day or we broke something, we will fix it. That's our obligation. We, well, technically, our waiver says we don't have to fix it, but that'll never happen. Anytime we notify you of any risks, that's the only concern. Like, hey, your screen is already cracked, but you want me to do a battery. If this cracks anymore during the heat or the removal process, we're not liable for that because we're warning you, hey, there's a risk to that. The worst case, we'll bundle it together and save you some money on a screen and a battery. And people do get angry about that and then want to leave a review after the fact. They broke my stuff. Well, ma'am, you were duly noted of the risks, yeah. And then you get a lot of... uh, People that are just upset that, hey, it ended up costing more than I thought. Well, we gave you an estimate on the front end. If it's not exactly correct or if you were off by 10 bucks, I'm so sorry. That's why it's an estimate. You know, I can only do so much over the phone until you bring it in and all of a sudden your frame is bent in half. So from there, you know, you can't solve everyone's problems. You get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of demanding people. The 2016 to 2021 uh, repair industry has benefited from widespread popularity of smartphones, which typically have fragile screens and hard to replace components. Not true. These characteristics have encouraged consumers to more frequently turn to professional repair shops to salvage devices that are still operational or uh, operable. However, the industry also contended with declining cell phone prices and yearly upgrade plans as cell phone technology rapidly evolves as the price continues to decrease and carriers introduce contract-free leasing plans, which is not true. Uh, consumers and businesses may shift towards replacements instead of repairs. Furthermore, the industry experiences a growing threat of more durable devices. Also not true. Yeah. As devices become stronger, the likelihood and... Well, these are all locked to purchase, but that's funny. You have to buy the article. It's a $4 billion market, you know. It's way more than $4 billion, I think. But number of businesses, around 10000 Profit margin is under double digits? No. 
There can only be 26,000 in industry statistics. My point of that is that it's a large industry and you got a lot of people saying a lot of things. Now T-Mobile is doing repairs, right? They started to set up little shops, yeah. Well, not even little shops. But so, uh, a little repair desk and back. Uh, on it's floor. an Asurion backed thing, like you break, I fix. The problem is, and the reason that I'm looking at all these market trends and whatnot, is everyone's freaking out about it. Now, to me, it's laughable. Let me tell you why. In 2016, we all said Apple was going to shut it down. They're going to offer repairs. They offered repairs. We saw it decline for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then we're right back up there when they see that Apple's not employing people that are diligent or corrective or on par with the average technician or person who willingly wants to be in the repair field. Then you get all these business owners that are like, I'm selling my shop. Well, we heard 2017 Sprint was going to start offering repairs in the early 2018. They did. And for a while, I even took my own Samsungs there. Took all my customer Samsungs there because nobody wanted to drop them off or leave them. So we quoted two to three days. We dropped them off, got them in, boom, paid a smaller price, charged a higher price. Here you go. Made a profit on it. Told everyone, hey, I'm going to go run this to another store because it's cheaper for you. If I order and, and do this part right now, but that's the bait and switch. Sprint up their price after like three months. So now any back glass, any chipped or non-working camera, nothing just breaks one item. So you never get just a broken screen. You get broken screen, you get a back glass, you'll get camera blur, you'll get broken lens, you'll get charge ports. Heard a home button. Too many items. And so what everyone with this T-Mobile thing is forgetting is that T-Mobile bought Sprint. Sprint's been doing repairs for years. All they're doing is retrofitting the way that they're doing repairs because they see this $4 billion market cap or market industry size and they want a piece of it. But even if there's only 30,000 in the employment of the repair industry, there is what, 500 million in the US with over a billion in devices? Even Sprint's, you know, 13 to 17,000 stores in in T-Mobile cannot keep up with what we do on a day-to-day basis. Like we have slow days. Oh, you know, 10 people came in. Oh, 15 people called. And then you got sprint stores that are dead for a week, but they still employ everyone. Yeah. And they only get, you know, on-site bill payment, on-site bill payment. And their job is to upsell everyone. So if they don't have that 360 plan, they're not getting a repair for $29.99. When they break their device, they're going to get two ninety nine or three ninety nine, but they're going to bundle that three sixty plan for everyone for that first couple of months for like eight dollars, and that's where these guys are scared. Like everyone's going to have this three sixty plan, and it's going to be so much harder to compete with pricing. Well, shit, take all your own devices to Sprint and T Mobile. Yeah, save on your overhead. They're fixing it that much cheaper. You know, meet them halfway on your price to the T Mobile price or whatever. I, I just dropped the mic. I was like, Sprint did this in 2017. We're still here. There, there's always going to be a demand because uh, yet again, like another video we made, we do more than cell phone repair. 
Like I, I custom built somebody's computer the other day, hard tubing, whole nine. It's decent money. It's five, six hundred dollars for my time. That's just the don't put all your eggs in the one basket. Repairs are down. Device sales are up. Device sales are down. Uh, you know the financing is up. Oh, you we're fortunate, yeah, because we had a lady from Africa that cleared us out, and we haven't really restocked any of our devices. I'm like, well, no, we're out of devices right now. So, need to do that. It is compelling when you read these articles to try and tailor the advertising in certain areas, because there's some of these ads will say, business is booming in this location, or to this demographic, to this degree for device types and so you're like oh maybe i should put up an ad that says this or run a uh you know run a couple of loops in facebook for this you know it's confusing i think what we got works at the moment and uh makes decent money all bills are paid taxes are paid go from there anything you've uh come across in the last couple of days uh, not much on the business side of things. Just the interesting customers we've talked about. You're still uh, sick. I can hear it. I'm fighting it. I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> taking all my medicine to vitamin C's. I ate a apple. Gets to get some real vitamins in me. I'm, Zycam is the way to go. That's what got me over it. A little shove the tube up your nose like a COVID test. It's just got a bunch of liquid and you hold it in there. It's a it's a fun one. Never even yeah. heard of that one. You've never heard of Zycam? Like I recognize the name. There's been a commercial or something somewhere, but I, I don't I don't know what it is. This right here. It's a swab. You see this? Yeah. So it's a swab that you crack. It goes and it breaks and then you swab it up your nose while holding it. It is supposedly supposed to shorten a cold, as we are sure that it is not COVID, as my wife has been tested. And uh, it's just your average everyday cold, sinus, flu, whatever. You got Zycam melts that uh, melt under the tongue. You got gum. You got a um, gel pack. There's a million different Zycam things. That's why they're so damn expensive. The rapid melts, nasal oh, so spray. for drinks and see if I can grab a Zycam then. Yeah, elderberry, medicated fruit drops, spray, sinus swabs. What else? They got a, an anal-like decongestant. Analgestic. Analgestic oh, okay. decongestant. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Same thing. <laughs> Ooh, this cold's about to get a lot more fun. <laughs> My okay. light died. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't have much battery. We'll cut that. The, uh, if you ever hear anything to the... I'm not even going to go there. That is, it's, that's, yep, that's too much. That is definitely too much. <laughs> Damn it, Eric. <laughs> We cut that for everyone's <laughs> ears so that uh, it's not too dark but um, or kinky. We'll, we'll post it in the 
That'll... during business hours, after hours special, whenever this takes off. <laughs> hey, man, we're taking off. It's more of a hobby. We'll get the content out there and then go from there. But boy, that was one hell of a... Oh, so what's the plan for this coming week for the store? Plan for this week? I got to restock everything, spending all your money. Uh, we got to retrain our people on note-taking, the eternal issue. Uh, Why is it so hard to get people to write down notes after they've done a repair? I'll remember what happens. This is for uh, Janice. You know, that's an iPhone 8, a little spot of liquid damage, you know. I'll, I'll remember that. And then she comes back 87 days from now under warranty for an issue. And uh, I don't know about you, but I would not remember that at all. We have a guy from, customers. what, a year ago uh, about a printer that has been recycled and claims that he was never contacted. We have no invoice. We have no printer. We have a receipt for a printer check-in. No notes, no nothing. That printer must have sat there for almost a year. But here's the problem with when something's abandoned. You have to have diligent notes. We try to contact, we try to contact, we try to contact, we wait for a response for 30 days, incur the storage charge. We try to contact. And then on the sixth month, we'll try and contact again, donated, you know, or destroyed. You owe us three months of a storage fee on top of that recycling fee. Now, that's for the really arrogant, I don't owe you anything. They push us. They want to say that they don't owe a dime for our time or our storage. We are not the... We had a guy that left that 11 Pro Max or the 12 Pro Max, and he still paid the 120 for the storage fee. You know, some people know that we're not their... We're not your your storage container. We're not your renter U-Haul. We will hold on to something for as long as we can. Big-ass TVs we chuck after 90 days. No storage, no nothing. You owe us 25 bucks for recycling. That's for me and somebody else's time to take anything over 40 inches and throw it in the dumpster. And those 40 inch and above TVs, if they're plasma or if they're, you know, an older LCD, they can be quite heavy. So not that we can't lift it. It's just we're, we're going to get some money for our time either way. Always charge for your time. It's one of the repeat, repetitive, repeating, oscillating things in my mind is my time is money. Even my time with my kids is valued at something. That's why the government says that I have to pay child support to, you know, it's not that I have to pay child support, but I'm just saying if I was away from my wife, yeah. I'd have to pay child support. If, if, you, ha if you were separated, yeah. that would be required. Your time is a value. If you cannot be there for your time, then you must support in other means. Not every man supports financially. There's women who support their man and their family. You know, power to them. But there's still a cost for your time every person's time is there you ever seen the movie in time with uh justin timberlake yeah everyone has the you have this long to live on their arm they get the tattoo timer kind that of is so true that's why you got people dying at 20 with an unexplained death they've given their time out to so many people mm -hmm. die at 40 die at 60 you know and just some people give a lot less shits and Sometimes my give a fuck meter's broken. Um, it's, I get so piped up about it quite often. Uh, I have an argument with 
one person a week about how time is money. I see a family member will be doing something for free for their neighbor. And I'm like, well, you should be charging to clean out those gutters or you should be charging to wash your, your neighbor's garbage cans or whatever. Oh, you know, no, I'm doing mine. I should do theirs. And it, no, you should not. At least be trading it for some other little favor. Like my parents do help um, gardening with my neighbor, but he's like a big old contractor dude, you know, keeps the fence nice. It's a, it's a hard lesson to learn when people need to learn it, but they will eventually, you know, once they're broke and then asking to get paid to do the same thing they did for free, somebody's going to scoff and be like, you never charged me before. Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> I'm just trying to educate. I want my kids to know that their time is money. You open a lemonade stand, you better have a clear return. No, it's, you... You're not teaching your kids uh, by having them do a lemonade stand if they're not making 20 cents on it. I'm not going to pound it into them, but I need them to know that their time is worth money. Even their, their free time should be about learning to do something to do better financially, Ooh. investments... You know, I, I want them to know by the age of 10 how much they can put away and get compound interest for 30 years to, to make their money make money. Things I didn't know. My parents were like, oh, go watch TV. Up, oh, go watch TV. Up, oh, get the hell out of the house. Up, oh, bye. You know, it was, it was not parenting from the age of 8 to the age of 15. Then when, you know, me and my dad got closer, it was a little more like, oh, hey, buddy. And we became friends. <laughs> but it was never... Uh, Here's X, Y, and Z. We had family friends for that because my family was going through a bunch of shit from there. But one one thing I love to see though is the um, kids who break their phones and their parents bring them in. And the kid, kids too are going to have a job, like maybe uh, twelve tops, you know. And the parents are like, "Oh, you know, that's ninety dollars. How you know what does that equate to?" And the kids like, "Oh, that's four weekends of." yard work you know i'm, I'm gonna like the the parents have instilled In, that yeah. the that's several weekends you can't hang out with your the light hates me the weekends you can't hang out with your friends because you're going to be cleaning gutters doing this this and that and the kid makes the decision you know to do it um because they they've made the decision themselves that their their time is going towards this project to get them their phone that's going to give them more enjoyment or better uh, a better ability with which to, you know, do things. And I, I completely understand and agree with some of those parents. My, uh, my topic as a parent, even though I'm in the repair industry and the wholesale industry side of things, it's my kids just need to know the value of a dollar, whether it's the shitty U S dollar or a more powerful currency or a cryptocurrency. They need to know, what's going to be able to afford them the luxury time in their life. Me, I had to work nonstop from 17, 16 to 30 before I could relax just a little bit, had a family, so on and so forth. Now I have to work really hard to make sure that they understand those values until they're 15, 16, and then they can start to develop their own. Then I can relax a little more. And then when they're 18 and out the fuck of my house, then I can do the whole, you know, failure to launch guy walking around naked in front of my aquarium and, yep. and living like a nudist. You never know. But the moral of the story is just 
the knowledge needs to be passed down to be a hard worker and, and a smart thinker. So that's with the kids where I'm hoping to be at. Teach your kids to be smarter than you or give them the resources to be as smart as they can be. Yeah. It's, oh, my son. Hmm. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be a hard one. He is hard headed even as a baby. So we'll go from there. I think we're uh, ready to open up shop, get started on hump day. And we'll see you all like, follow, subscribe, listen for more. See you.